This is episode six of the Transformation Chamber with special guest Tay Mitch, entrepreneur, digital marketing expert, and master storyteller. In this episode, we discuss monetizing your lifestyle, four principles to building a successful personal brand, and how to create your own future. With that being said, let's step into the Transformation Chamber. So welcome back to episode six of the Transformation Chamber. I am here with Tay Mitch, entrepreneur, digital marketing expert, and master storyteller, amongst other things. Yeah, man, you still got father, uh, king, hey, black man. There we go. Uh, man, the future of my own future. That's who I am. I am Tay Mitch. It's a pleasure. The future of my own future. You got to say it. You got to break that down for me you real gotta quick. Say, you got to be the future of your own future. And so with that being said, without you seeing it, nobody else can foresee it. So you got to live your future now to get to your future later. That's beautiful. We are, look, the, I don't even, the episode has started, y'all. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> I told you when you hit me, I'm like, yo, this, like, let's do it. Let's Pull do up, it. Like, like, let's just have a conversation. All right. So let's, let's just, let's, first of all, let's find out who Tay Mitch is, man. Uh, I've known you. I've been blessed to know you probably close to a decade now, maybe a little yeah, bit of a decade, but, uh, you know, tell us about where you're from. I know you came from a smaller town Small in Texas. Town. Yeah, man. Well, just tell us how you got uh, here. Man, Tay Mitch is the uh Tay Mitch is the kid who was who grew up in a small town. Um, man, to this day my my my, my hometown, I think the population is like right at about forty three hundred people. Wow. Um grew up, always knew I was different amongst my peers. I was told I was different. Um man, grew up with a single parent, mom moved, moved around early. A lot early as a kid, so I always like had the finesse of being able to adapt. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved to Dallas my freshman year of high school. Moved to Houston my junior year of high school. Graduated uh, from North Shore. Man, went off to college. College ain't work out. Was it for me? Uh, I started making a lot of money at an early age. So life insurance. I waited tables. Probably the best two things as a entrepreneur yeah. at a young age that you can do. Absolutely. Uh, and I always go back and I look at it like. Like, yo, at the age of, like, 21, like, I was the guy, I was the insurance man, like, going door to door, picking up insurance claims, selling new policies. Like, I feel like if you could sell, if you could sell insurance to somebody, like, you could sell a life policy, like, you could sell something that that person would never reap the benefits of. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could pretty much sell anything. (laughs) And that's pretty much what has gotten me here, man. And, you know, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to say I'm a part of and I've been Partnered up with like some amazing companies such as Martel Cognac, Avion Tequila. Uh, we just added Jameson uh, Whiskey to the portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I'm blessed to have my business partner, Mikos. We co-own a digital marketing agency called The Midas Group. We got a lot to talk about. I, I already know, bro. Uh, let's, let's, let's rewind it back, man. We, we, yeah. we already got to the glory days. Let's talk about, you know, Tay Mitch before Tay Mitch knew who Tay Mitch was. You know, let, let's, you, know you were a student athlete. Uh, in high school? Yeah, right? man. Athlete. Uh, man, I grew up actually in Mr. East Texas when it came to sports. Like, sports came, sports in school came easy to me. Yeah, like, I mean, I you were, it, like, pretty a pretty big deal coming out of there. I told my mom early, like, I, I, told my mom, I always tell my mom, like, yo, like, I made it easy for you as a parent. Like, you ain't really have to do much. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I moved, like I said, when I moved to Houston my junior year, I kind of, like, gave up on sports. Not really gave up on sports, but as the, men- the, the mentality of it was it the same. Like, I've always been, like, a team player right, like I've always right. been team oriented right and right right having them like I made I made the type of moves where like yo 
coming into a new school district, not only just a school district, but school and not knowing anybody. You know what I'm saying? So actually being a newcomer, um, and like I say, at the age of 16, it was like, yo, this is just not fun anymore. So I started making money early. I've always been a hustler. Um, actually, my barber at the time, which I really consider still to this day, like my big brother, uh, Joseph, um, and I started slanging CDs out of his barbershop. I would help him sell barbecue. Uh, and at that time, that's when I knew, like, yo, I got a knack for making money or a knack for hustling. I love it, bro. I love it. And, you know, those type of stories, uh, it, it reminds me of uh, me and my older brother yep. in the hood. We were one of the few families that had a washer and dryer. But also, <laughs> this was uh, when Stay Flow was dope, like starch pants and everything. Archie, Archie, baby. <laughs> so, did y'all add the water? Or did y'all just go straight? No, you, it, got, you had that. Right, because you, you don't. You'd be too crazy with it. It'd it get crazy and it, it starts stinking, actually, yeah, after a while. Yeah. So, uh, my brother and I would charge people $2 to wash their clothes, first of all. <laughs> my mama was pissed off. And wow. then we would also starch down their pants for them, too. Like, so I had a. We had a, like a little dry cleaner. I had a cleaner. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a, like an unofficial, official <laughs> cleaner going yeah. on. And then me and my younger brother, a little couple of years later, we started cleaning the church on the weekends. We was like, hey, we don't have no uh, custodial crew. So somebody got to do it. We got you. And so that hustle is an important thing. Uh, okay, so and looking at your trajectory and your timeline, um, when you got to Houston, I, I don't know if I met you right around the time you got to Houston, but I know, you know, it, ha- it was a while back. I think we met. I think we originally met after college when I moved back from college back to Houston. Yeah, yeah. When you moved back to Houston from college. Yep. And I know, you, like, at that point, you, I, I, when I met you, I was like, homie hungry. Like, I knew that mm-hmm. something was going to get done. Yeah, and I think at that time, at that time, <clears throat> the whole the whole idea of me moving back to Houston, at the time I had a, uh, I mean, I was managing an R&B artist uh, by the name of Prince Cannon. Yep. And I had the idea of, you know, because I, I helped out with Kirko Bang's success early mm-hmm. in his career, mm-hmm. being a liaison and hooking him, hooking, him, hooking him up with the producers and executive producing his early projects. So like I'm like, yo, with this formula I had with Kirko, I could do it with, the, you know, the same formula with the R&B guy. Absolutely. Who just so happened to be a five-time Apollo winner, amazing singer, songwriter, entertainer. Shout out to Prince Cannon, by the way. Um, But I learned early, like, boom, you know. Moved to Houston. I had resigned from uh, from selling life insurance. Thought I had enough money saved up. Come to find out, I didn't. You know, car got repoed. Um, I find myself sleeping on my homie couch. And at that time, I'm like, yo, this this is not it. And not only this, it's like, I don't want to be the, you know, I told you so. Like, I told you you should have never, right, right, you know, furthered right. your dreams. I told you this, you know. So I just kind of sat back, man. And I get openly say, very openly say, the first time I ever took an Adderall, was the night that I came up with the Debonair Lounge. Okay. And so so from starting point or from coming back and having that moment where you, uh, is it safe to say you were at a low point? Like what was the transition or the transformation that made Debonair Lounge so successful, so popular? Yeah. Like this is when like all of a sudden I, you can just see your career it growing was- and taking off. Man, it was it was like me seeing the future, but having to create the future at that point. And for me, it was like, yo, I didn't know. Mind you, I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not from Houston, mm-hmm. so it was almost like, yo, who's the go-to person in Houston for certain things? Who's the go-to person in Houston for entertainment? Right. Who's the go-to person in Houston for fitness. Mm-hmm. Who's the you know who's that person for for sports, nightlife, um, you know, politics? You want to build a campaign, marketing, and that's how and where. My Tay Mitch brand was built and created. Uh, I wanted to fill those voids. I wanted to create. I wanted to create. I wanted to connect the community with my peers. 
but it doing it in a way that I love doing it. I've always felt like if I love it, I can create it and digitize it and market it enough to either you'll be curious or you would even like it. I love it. And that's how the Debonair came about. So at the time, I think the only thing that was popping in this realm was like Sugar Hill. And that was like Lisa Rogers. Right, like, right, right. She had it on lock, but it was for her demographics, Absolutely. her age group. Yep. There was nothing uh, for our age group. So Debonair came about and I've always believed in Let's put on some good threads. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you go come out, if we go represent, we go take photos, let's do it in a light that we can share these pictures when we get older, you know what I'm saying, to our kids or to other family members. And it just made black people just look right. And I, I feel like, like, even Almeida, like, just as glorified and as dope as that street is, yeah. like, that's black Hollywood. So Absolutely. why not come and dress up and Absolutely. get right? On Almeida. No, you know it was saying? it was a beautiful time, man. I know you you did me the favor or the solid of hiring some of the entertainment that I represented at the time. And I was learning like, everybody too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. all I knew at the time was just my artists and yeah. just the people that I knew within a circle. So it allowed me to create this atmosphere of like, all right, if you like what I like, we can all come and we like can work shit together. together. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's what happened. And it 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 just flared up. And then not to mention. My co-host, you know what I'm saying, was a white guy, Brad, yeah. Brad Gilmore. And I, I say white guy just so that you can picture this. Me, extremely melanated black guy yep. with like a Ryan Seacrest at the time. But I've never I had never met nobody like Brad Gilmore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't know nobody personally who, also, who knows I still haven't met every Jay-Z and Pimp C verse word for word verbatim. You know what I'm saying? And who gets spit it, not only spit it, but can perform it. Whoa. You know, so... um and I always like I used to, I still tell Brad to the day like yo we not done till we get a billboard yeah, yeah you know what I'm saying like yeah, that yeah. was the goal for us to like yo create this to where it's like yo anything we put our faces on it's gonna sell and the city will love it like we still got some we still got some work to do you there know? we go now Brad was cool bro like he he like you said he brought this different dynamic first of all it was just a totally different thing for the city of Houston all together you yeah. know what I mean and to be associated with it was like it, it almost like you created this black excellence move and vibe but you had like you said you had to step up what you were doing like what whatever you thought was cool it's a new level of cool being introduced to the city of houston yep. uh so moving from debonair lounge or what were some of the the um the things that you gained from that that helped you get to this next level of plateau that you've been able to Man, break debonair, the debonair lounge woke me up to like yo you get paid off your likeliness you get paid off being who you are mm -hmm. because what what happened was, and I, I created like this four step philosophy that I still live by to this day. It was and what I realized like, yo, people would come and pay party with me. Not only would they come and pay the party with me, but people will also come and party with me dressed how I dress, mm -hmm. you know? And then it's like, Oh, people would just like, People would want to do what I do for a living, you know, and like it just kind of like created and just opened my mind up to like, all right, if I could do this on a Monday, what would it look like if I'm doing this on the weekend? And that's how I got into nightlife. So going back to what you just said, being able to get paid off your likeness. Yeah. Do you think it's something specially uniquely that you have or do you think anybody's able to do this? I think we all have the ability if we could tap into it. Just looking at the Debonair Lounge and how it's grown, what were some of the things that you took with you to be able to now you're like brand influencer, like mm. some larger brands want to work with you. How did that come from Debonair Lounge? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you, so at the time, I, I, that was the first that's when like Instagram created like the video portion, like where you can add videos. Um, and if you know me, like I like marketing has always been like 
my thing like mm-hmm. I like things to be polished Absolutely. I like things to like live forever and what I realized like yo I started looking around like yo nobody's doing the type of promo that I'm doing nobody's creating the type of campaigns like nobody's even like bringing the type of talent in here and like putting them on this platform and like really like I, I tell everybody around me like yo let's edify as many people as possible Absolutely. and when I say edify I, I speak in those terms of, like yo the, the goal is to speak so highly of somebody to where the next person only wants to see and recognize of those highly things that you spoke about the person Absolutely. and not in reverse. Um, so that's what Debonair Lounge was like. That's what it did for people. And what I realized, like, yo, if I could do that for the Debonair Lounge, which was Cafe 4212, mm-hmm. I could do this for major businesses. Yeah. I could do this for like, you know, and that's where the Midas Group was even created. Um, you know, I further met my business partner, Miko. So we met. On my next venture, which was Privé, which was a Friday night. Uh, yeah, um, I remember Privé. Privé was just sexy, man. It yeah. was it was young, sexy, and we just kind of like had like an aha moment. Like, yo, if we could do this for like a nightclub, imagine what we could do for like any business. You know, if you have a, you know, a, a restaurant, if you're an insurance firm, or if you're a dentist or whatever, whatever it may so be, we could create those campaigns and create those strategies to where we could get you customers and leads in your door and we could help you uh, build that retention customer to where they keep coming. Um, and that, like, I got all of that from that year and a half, two years that I did Debonair. That's dope. Yeah. So it's one thing to have a skill, but it's another thing to master a skill. And I think, like you, uh, like you said, master storyteller. Um, I read that in your bio, but also I always talk about how you've mastered your own aesthetic. Like, yeah. just realistically, what, how, how have you got to the point of mastery, or what's your driving factor behind what you do? Man, that, that word master is so so cold so such a dope ass word that like i don't even want to put it on me because it's like as a master of whatever it is it's like yo it can't get no better Mm -hmm. but we live in a society where like yo shit changes every day like like truth be told like i may i may come off or like yo he can actually like he tells his stories well but like it could be a technology that comes out tomorrow to where like if i'm not on that i'm not telling the story well enough so um I've, i've just i've just always been able to illustrate what i like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and like it gets to a certain point we all get to a certain point in life where it's like you got to stop trying to you know please the next person it's like yo if i'm into this if this is what i like well i'm just gonna i want to illustrate and tell this to the world and if you like it cool if you don't so be it but it goes back to those four pillars that i was talking about earlier let me just touch on those yeah quick, no i would it, love to hear it you can get people to do two out of the four you're in good shape you get people to do three out of the four you're special. You get people to do four out of the four, you can monetize your entire lifestyle. First thing being, you get somebody to want to, you get somebody to want to dress like you. Second thing, you get somebody to want to do what you do for a living. Third thing, you get somebody, you get somebody to want to, uh, get somebody to want to, get somebody to want to dress like you, get somebody to want to do what you do for a living, get somebody to want to be around you, and you, and you get somebody to like you. Perfect. So you switch those up in any formula that you like. I may want to dress like you. Mm-hmm. I may want to be around you, mm-hmm. but I don't like you mm-hmm. and I don't want to do what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. It's just enough for me to keep you in conversation to where if your name comes up, I'm entitled enough to want to hear about whatever right, it is. Listening in. It may be three things. I may want to dress like you. I may I may actually like you and I may want to uh, do what you do for a living, but I don't want to be around you. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's It's so special to where I will pay to buy whatever it is that you buy, whatever it is that you wear, I will pay to be wherever you are 
And I would like it's you just you kind of start molding. You're able to use psychological marketing to yeah. where that person now becomes a Raven fan. That's cold, bro. So like I said, you lock in all four, man. It's like yo, you got a concert or any, you got a speaking engagement. That right. person just wants to be in the room, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you got an endorsement deal with any type of clothing company. That person's gonna buy it just because that's what you wear. Mm-hmm. You got like whatever you do for a living. That person's gonna support and be at wherever they can just because they want to be there. It's just it's just different. But with all of that, it's like there has to be a, a passion in it. Yeah. Because without the passion, it's never real. And you can never, like, people are just, like, the consumer is not dumb anymore. So how do you associate your passion with what you do? And I was trying to get to this earlier. How are you constantly pushing the envelope and not getting tired? Because I know it ain't easy, especially in the nightlife entertainment business. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing is, like, we all got to create a legacy. We all got to leave something that stays here whenever we leave. And for me, I have a daughter, so I'm creating a legacy for her to where, you know, if my life, if I get, if I'm able to fulfill my life and live my life well enough to where it makes her life that much easier, you know what I'm saying? She's able to pick up the reins and like do whatever she wants to do with it. Like that's what the purpose, like that's what my purpose is. Um, if it's, if it's, if it's anything throughout like this whole quarantine, these times, this crisis that we're living through that I've learned it is the most important is family. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, 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 very much more so tapped into like how 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 embedded I am with my family. How much do I talk to my family? Um, so those two things are like the things that like make sure I'm it's getting driving. up. It's driving me, bro. I love it, bro. Hands down. I love it. I love it. Okay, and you touched on just where we are quarantine, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and I knew I wanted to get here with you. You know, we spoke earlier about being kings and and just being black men. Uh, black man in America at that. Yeah. You know what's going on with you right now? How are you feeling uh, with everything that's going on? Where's your heart? Where's your mind? Where your head at? You know, with everything. And I'm patient. <laughs> if 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 we haven't been, if we've never been as patient as we are, like I'm extremely patient right now. Let me just say that, I'm patient and I'm calm, um, because that's not how the enemy want us to react. Mm-hmm. They want us to be everything but those two words: patient and calm. Um, but I'm also woke and I'm aware, uh, and I'm fully and I, I've been woke. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me just say that too. Like, all, everything that's going on now isn't like an eye opener. It's right, not like, right. oh, wow, this is crazy. Like, could this shit been going on? Let's just speak the absolute Absolutely. facts. Um, but I'm also happy that it's that is that is around the world now. I'm happy that people are can openly support it, mm-hmm. and I'm also happy that people are openly not supporting it because now there's no like barrier. We right. know the difference now. No Either you with or you're not yeah, with it. Yeah, you exactly. know, uh, I think the biggest thing for us all right now is like, yo, we need unification. We need to do exactly what we're doing now. We need to talk more. We need to communicate more. There has to be there has to be a level of accountability that's held amongst everybody black. Let me just say that. Not just your homeboy, not just like your family. Like there has to be an accountability amongst everybody. And I, what I mean by that is like, yo, if I'm riding by, riding by Starbucks and I see f- some black people get ready to walk in, like there's an accountability for like, yo, why are we buying this shit? You openly know that they not with the cause. Right, right, you right. You know what I'm saying? But nobody's putting nobody on notice. There's no accountability. Um, and there's not enough edification within the black community or the black society. Like Just there should be no reason why, yo, why you got to go right here to Starbucks when you can go to the co- the couple coffee shops in the trade. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or like, like there's a Starbucks, right? I'm right here on main street, Houston, Texas. There's a Starbucks, like literally two buildings, like not even two buildings, two doors. When I walk out of my, mm-hmm. out of my building, I haven't walked in there period. Like I'm not walking in no Starbucks. I'm not supporting nothing that don't support black. Absolutely. You know, so that's how I feel. That's how I've been feeling. Um, you know, 
even when like the protests and then the rise, like I'm sitting here with my daughter, like we're looking out the window and like she has just all these damn questions, you know, and it's like as a father, as a young father, um, first time father. And I say this, this I say first time father because it's like, yo, there's no manual on this shit at all. There's no tutorial <laughs> on how to be a father at all, at all. And living in these times, it's like, how do you tell your three year old daughter who, you know, who grandfather, who grandfather her on her mom's side is fully white. What's going on outside? You know what I'm saying? Like those That's are, tough. you know, those are conversations that must be held. That's so, tough. um, I'm glad it's going on because it's like I get to I get to get to it now versus you know 10, 15 years, you know, you know, down her life. So yeah, no, you just reminded me of a a, a moment that happened with me and my son, and then I I, I have a inherited son as well. I, I love to call them, they both my sons. Really, um, we pulled up to a light. This was this had to be about a, maybe a month ago now. We pulled up to a light. It was pouring raining. And trade the truth, and all the people were protesting, like walking yep. right in front of us, and they were like, they were. It was like a movie scene. They were like, "What's going on?" And I tried to explain to them, and then they stopped, and then they were like, "My son was like, well, why aren't we out there?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's so, the so, so so we uh, we, I made sure we went to the next protest, and, and again, uh, her, the, their mother and I agreed, like." It's not necessarily like the safest place, but we decided like, all right, we'll take them to the next protest, especially with COVID and everything going on. But it was a scene. And how do you explain this to your sons? Because you know how sometimes you can bring up something, but it have the adverse effect. Like it creates fear. Like when I tell if I tell my son that, hey, some cops are bad and some cops might, you know, you might not make it home that night. Now he's afraid of every cop. So so in my mind, I'm like, okay, I have to have this this very fragile conversation because I need you to know that you're a black man and you're growing up in a world that might not always see you as innocent or like how I see you lovingly. But I also don't want you to be a fool. You know what I mean? Like go out there, walk in your greatness, walk in your light. Um, But you know, in your, in your, in your, like, how do you broach that conversation? What, what do you, what do you think about that? How do you tell them without getting them, in any further trouble. Right. Uh, I mean, you got to tell it. I, it go, it, it breaks back down to the barrier of it all. And it being communication, and education. So if you don't tell it, the communication never happened. Mm-hmm. You never had the, you never had the opportunity to educate. So in it, so within the education, education, it's like, you have to keep teaching it. It has to be learned. Mm-hmm. It's not something that is learned within just one conversation, two conversations. So it's like, how many, you know, how often are y'all talking about this to where like that, that thought of fear is not fear is now being woke is now exactly. in the knowing like, yo, I know my rights mm-hmm. as a black man. Absolutely. I also know you may not be for me, even though you're supposed to be for me. Exactly. You know, so. So constant grooming. Co- constant, bro. And you, then I love what you just we said. We didn't have that. Exactly. And not only, so, and I, this is what I took from you. You just said, make them aware but then also give them the knowledge to back it so it comes with strength. Yeah. So you constantly deposit it in them, yeah. you know, the ability. It's almost like, like, take this for example, you know, first time you ever held a gun. How, like, you, you didn't feel totally strong with the gun in your hand because you didn't know how to work it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now you go bust it a few times, you go to a shooting range, you get some lessons on it, you're totally different with the gun. You, you're strong. You, you, you're confident. Perfect like analogy, you just bro. use it. You, you think about it like that. It's like, yo, I now got the, I got the appropriate ammo for my gun and I get busted if I need to. Let me ask you a question. Uh, what do you, if you could stand on the stage and talk to a room full of white people right now, what do you say to them? Man, that's a great question. Um, 
Man, what's the what's the what's the one white lady who I think I think the way she broke it down, man, is like so oh, brilliant. Oh, the white lady, great. Yeah, head. bro. Oh, she's yeah. like, yo, like, raise your hand if you want to be a black man in America right now. Nobody can raise their hand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like, cool. I would I would really I would really want to reverse engineer why they may think how they think. Because mm-hmm. I, I had to, like me like me and my mom actually got into a heated FaceTime conversation. Like a couple of days ago, like three, four days ago, and we were just talking and like she kind of brought up some political views that she had and I, you know, some racist stuff that came up. And I'm like, yo, you know, granted, I don't feel I'm not on board with any all of the racist stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. However, let's look at the root of how the racist what's in them. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did the racist start? I'm telling her, like, yo, imagine going your whole life. Imagine going your whole life, even through textbooks you know, having white pharaohs in textbooks. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like, knowing that, like, yo, all of these presidents were white. Everything amazing about this country was white. Yeah. Imagine going through that the first 30, 35, 40 years of your life and then come to find out, yo, all of that was a hoax. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, imagine, and I'm like, I'm like, there's three things that has to happen to that person. First, the person has to be open-minded to listen to all of this information absolutely the third thing is the person has to relearn and they, the person has to relearn how to live their life now absolutely and the third thing they actually have to live their life and make changes man and it's not an easy process like man nobody does research yeah so nobody wants to sit down and listen mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying nobody want to be like yo you mean to tell me growing up jesus wasn't white yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you really you really like it'll really blow your mind yeah, as yeah. a black person yeah, yeah. Now imagine I mean, the white family. Saw. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like this whole time as a white family, you with the church and Jesus was glorified as your skin tone. Right, right. When in reality, yo, this man wasn't white. Yeah, that's just that. That's just the religion portion. Now you talking about politics? You I mean all of we, it? We did all of it. Like they I, and I just touch on this. It's it's very small, but they talk about how Tarzan growing up was a, a white man in the jungles of Africa. Come on, man. And so when you see all these depictions of white people. All the heroes, all the uh, the good guys, and all the movies, Bruh. and then they always show the black people as low lives or things Bruh. like that. It does a psychological damage to you growing up in America. Yeah, man. And so now we're talking about, and I, I love to ask you this question too, especially since you grew up in a single home. I, I don't necessarily know what happened, but we talk about trauma, the yeah. trauma of growing up in America. How how would you say that it, it has affected you? One, single parent home. Two, uh, being a black man in America, and how were you or how are you overcoming it right now? Uh, I, th- I think there's multiple. I think there's multiple upbringings in America, especially mm-hmm. for black people. Mm-hmm. But for me, I can speak specifically on mine. I grew up highly favored as a black kid who was talented, not only talented, but smart, not only talented, smart, but also charming and good looking. Mm-hmm. So it was like I didn't really face a lot of adversities. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually brought good back home. You know what I'm saying? Because. People bragged about me. Mm-hmm. My mom was actually happy and excited. Like, yo, yeah, that's my boy. You right, know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like, anything happened. Right, right, we, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, so right, it was right. like, I, I brought it. the Shout good back to, to the, <laughs> I brought the good back to the household. However, I did have, you know, I did have those family, I mean, those, uh, those cousins or those friends who, yo, school didn't come that easy to them. Yeah. Matter of fact, they actually had trauma at home. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Where like, you know, they grew up seeing, you know, mama getting beat or they grew up seeing other men, multiple men coming in out of the house. I can only imagine what they had to deal with. And from the ones that I know specifically from, you know, from childhood, looking at it now, they're not doing so good in life. You know what I'm saying? And that, that has a, that has a forever touch on that, on that family and the generations to come after and after. 
So what do we do about them? Uh, so as as a black community, right? And, and I'm not saying you got all the answers. I'm just enjoying. But the I got some. I, I definitely got some answers, and the answers that I got even takes me putting the actions towards them. Uh huh. So as a black community, because I, I I talk about this with my homies. I got a lot of homies yeah. that I met, you know, post high school that yeah. they all doing well, right? College mm-hmm. or whatever. But my homies from the hood, some of them doing cool, but some of them just. They in this mindset that it's like it's hard to break that that unlearning that you talk about to yep. unlearn and reeducate. They ain't trying to hear it. Yep. How do we further as a black community when we still have those outliers uh, that's going to when when it's time to protest, they want to break in and loot and shoot and steal. And, you know, I mean, all these things. What do we say to those homies? Or do you have an idea of how do we break down that barrier? Uh, man, it starts with it starts with leaders. Got to have leaders in the communities. I mean, this, like I said, this is my total opinion yeah, you know absolutely. what i'm saying but i believe it starts with leaders you got to have your thought leaders you got to have your actual like your like your physical and uh mental leaders and those are the type of people that takes takes the responsibility and the accountability to uh you know create if it's if it's seminars if it's sit downs if it's meetups and it may even start small but it grows over time but you have to communicate mm-hmm. we just don't talk enough talk and then like this black man as black men, we don't talk enough about the important shit. We talk half the time when we get together, we talk in sports. Yeah, sports. We talk in, you know, look like cars, like luxury items, right, materialistic right. things, women's like we're not talking about, yo, bro, did you did you actually go down and get your voters card? Right, right. You know, right. like, yo, what's your credit what's your credit looking right, like? Right. Yo, I just got homegirl, she working on my like we're not having the tough conversations, which the tough conversations make things easier in the long run. Long so run. it's more so of like creating those type of uh, environments and situations that people feel comfortable coming to. They don't feel like it's a gimmick. And that's another thing too, is like is everything everything associated with our people, we're waiting on the what's the catch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well who doing it? <laughs> but you don't know what she been through, you don't know where she at, you don't know what she's trying to do. Mm-hmm. You should actually go down there and talk to her, yeah, see what's going yeah. on because she's doing some good. Yeah, but that that go back to that trauma you talked about, like, you yeah. know, just coming up in the hood when things never work out, never seem to work out for us. I'm yeah. looking on the other side of the track and they got white picket fence, nice home, and I gotta go home to you know, like I think there's a uh and I I've been working on it, man. I think there's that there has to be this campaign for black people. I don't even want to say black people. I'm gonna say people of color. You understand when I say people of color, I don't mean brown and black. There's a new there's a new um entity of people of color. Mm-hmm. And the people of color are the people who are woke and understand like, yo, what we've been what what certain people have been going through majority of their lives is not right Mm -hmm. but there is a new there there must be a campaign for people of color to attach themselves to that really makes the change and the change starts in the field on the streets within your local community and then it grows you know statewide nationwide global yeah bro i I feel like and i talk about this a lot i feel like we have to create our own and build our own and stop trying so hard to be included and what they're doing, however, allow inclusion and allow yeah. the diversity and inclusion. But we need our own. Like today, uh, today is Blackout Tuesday, right? And right. I, I was literally trying to just find a black grocery store. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like, uh, and if y'all anybody know any in Houston, please, you know, what I'm saying shoot, shoot them my way or tag me, whatever. Yep. But I was literally trying to not spend any money. I was like, well, let me just go to a black grocery store so I can get a banana and make some smoothies. Couldn't find any. I couldn't think of any. Any, and I hit up a couple of friends. Nobody knew. There's one lady in Paraland, but you know, I, I was like, "Dang, I'm I'm all the way over here. I don't feel like driving over there, so I'm just not gonna spend any money today." But if we can get to the point where we're creating all of our own, 
Now we have our own, obviously our own dollar circulating in our own community and we can do relations with other race. Right. And then I talked about uh, with this one of my last guests, Chris Senegal, he talked about uh, how, you know, you don't see a tiger trying to hang around with lions all day because they just they different. You know, what I mean, it don't mean they hate each other. It's just we different. We just need to build our own, do our own. And, you know, for us, by us, you know, bring FUBU back. You know what I mean? Campaign for that. So, man, there's certain people that got some 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 really dope uh, things going on, like Pop Darby got unity as well, um, which is something that I believe every person of color needs to. Tap into and know what's going on. I got the app on my phone, actually. Yeah, man. I, I, I became a member. Um, they're, they're, like I said, there's thought leaders. That, it, this is the information. If you inquire, you got to go get it. You know what I'm saying? If you want it, you got to go get it. Um, people need to talk more about it where people so that other people feel comfortable with going and seeking it. So, man, all right. We uh we got serious. And that's, that just naturally happens now, especially when I'm talking to uh, enlightened fellows. But let's talk about uh, just how you've been able to work with some of the uh, more iconic um, artists in the music industry. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, I know you've doing work in Atlanta now. And of course, you know, owning the nightlife in Houston. And I say that no disrespect to anybody else who got anything going on, but I, I'm nightlife, just saying for sure. what, what I see. I don't really watch out too much. If I'm going out, I'm going to hit you up. Matter of fact, you uh, helped me celebrate my 30th birthday. So if, yeah, if I'm going out, I'm hitting you up. Um, but you know, what's that been like? You know, I think I saw you work with uh, Migos, Mm-hmm. Um and um, Janae Iko and yeah. a couple other people like what's that life like and how does that feel now to go from what we talked about I mean I know you've always pretty much had a pretty like nice life based yeah. on being that that kid but going from that low point all the way to now look at where you are and you build it off your likeness like you said and you, you believe in faith man it's almost like yo I actually thought about this one day now I'm actually living it you know, I remember I had like my vision board in 2016, 2017, one of them. Um, I actually looked at it before I moved into the spot that I'm in now. And I'm like, yo, everything on here is, is like the reality of my life right now. Nice. Um, so, you know, with that being said, it's like, yo, prior to all of this stuff going on, me, you know, being able to, you know, be grateful of all the blessings. Like, yo, I saw that. I saw the opportunities. I saw like, the, you know, those different things. But it's been good, man. Like. And it really just like, yo, they're regular people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they plan just work. They plan just work. Right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? Like, they just went in. They went all in on their plan. They shit work. Like, my best time is with my family and being able to do, like, the shit that we doing now. Being able to, like, be a part of startup or something great. Mm-hmm. Like, being able to show love, show support. Like, that's really my best times, bro. I love it, bro. And I appreciate you for coming on, too. Um What's next for you uh, when you look at the big picture? I know you say, yep. uh, you know, you live in your future right now. What does that look like without? I Man, guess, I've done. I've um, I've done events pretty much since high school. Like in high school, I was the senior that was organizing senior skip day. Oh man, you know, um, you know, mom's going out of town. I was the one throwing the party at the apartment. Yeah. Um, and just all through life, like I've thrown events at different spaces. I've done that at everything but my own. Base. Mm-hmm. So um, the me- the next big thing is my own. Space. I love it, bro. Um, ownership. Yeah, man. Ownership. So looking at ownership, we signed a lot of paperwork has been happening. In okay. Quarantine. Yeah, yeah. So and you I've don't got to give away too much. I know. Blessed, how, yeah. I know how it is. Um, but yeah, man, the Midas Group has an extremely uh, big announcement coming up very, very soon. I love it. You know, I love it. Ownership. I'm laughing because you said uh, I used to organize. I organized Senior Skip Day. Yeah, two man. of them actually. 
Oh, well, yeah. funny story though. I organized one of them, and we ended up getting a six car pile up on the freeway and ended up getting in trouble. But Damn. that's for another day. You see, <laughs> you see me. So, man, let me ask you something. In terms of, um, do you recall or recollect, recollect the greatest piece of advice you've ever received, or just some advice that you like to give people? You know, somebody who's trying to learn how to master uh, or get in the process of mastering their aesthetic their life their lifestyle who they want to become what they see for themselves yeah um man the best advice i can give is you got to write down everything you got to write it down often you gotta you gotta talk to yourself like i think the best like the best like i'm i'm my best self now but like the best version of me like going back Mm -hmm. was like like 2016 2017 me Jesus Christ, like I talked to myself like I was like as if like I was like my own roommate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would get up, take showers and like have full fledged conversations <laughs> with myself and like but it was in like every like every like my whole wall was like yeah. pretty much written written down, like my, my glass mirror in the in the bathroom was just like affirmation yeah. crazy. Like yeah. I mean the term like KG said, like anything is possible. Stop thinking small, think big, you know what I'm saying? And read you know what i'm saying like i mean there's so much advice it nah, just I depends it. on what it nah, is like it. you know like physical it. physical mental uh and mental health are like extremely important like yeah speaking of your which, body you, right workout yeah man, you, like, you in the gym tough man i don't want to be that father where it's like my daughter shamed to be talking about me <laughs> you know it's like yeah that's my pops over there. like i want to be like that's your dad yeah. like your dad is so cool I you know what i'm saying so uh I try to stay fit, man. Then you got to stay ready, bro. You don't know. You never know. Stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. Still got a blockbuster movie to do with shit. (laughs) You know, so whenever they call me, I got to make sure I'm ready for it. I love it, bro. I love it. All right, man. We about to, uh, we about to jump into rapid fire real quick. All right, let's get it. Rapid fire. I'm not sure if you caught any of the other episodes, but I basically say a word Mm -hmm. and you say the first word that come to your mind. All right. And then. I'm going to do a couple of this or that. And you just got to pick it as quickly as you can. Say less. You know what I mean? So first word. Let's go with swanky. Debonair. Wealth. Tay Mitch. Favorite food. Catfish. Fried catfish. Favorite movie. Love Jones. Would you rather lose all the money you've earned this year or lose all the memories you gained? (laughs) You got to ask that. (laughs) Would you rather lose all the money you've earned this year or lose all the memories you've gained? Mm, lose all the money. All right. Would you rather know the date of your death or the cause of your death? Shit, the cause. Cool. That was a completely uh, meaningless exercise that I like to do. Yeah, that's good, though. <laughs> just so that's good. You see, because like, you, if I don't ask myself that shit, I don't know. Shit. <laughs> Which one would I rather know? Right. Oh. Right. All right. So the people want to know. Uh, the people want to know, what does Tay Mitch uh, listen to, read, watch, anything? It doesn't have to be motivational, yep. inspirational, but if it man, is cool. Matter of fact, grab them books behind you. While you grabbing those, what I'm listening to, man, I'm listening to, uh, I'm listening to Sir right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. It's probably like my favorite, favorite hands down. Like if, that's, him, man, D-Smoke, that's my man. pure vibe, man. So like I'm listening to a lot of sir. Um, I'm listening to, uh, let's just leave it at that, bro. I'm, that's really the, yeah, yeah. uh, for his reading man, the four hour workbook, I'm touching back bases on this. This shit is like a crazy, 
You have it tapped I in. I have it. Can you give us a quick, um, like, uh, synopsis? Man, it just, it, it, it creates your time management. It gives you, like, your time management skills become superb. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you really just, like, start valuing your time. And you start, like, yo, what should I really be? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, the work that I, like, if I, I'm working a four-hour job, which is, like, kind of, I mean, a 40-hour job, which is, like, you know, yeah, annually. But it's, like, yo, I could really get all of that done in four hours or eight hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what does the four hour work, week, uh, work week looks like? Super dope. Nice. Um, message to the black man, of course, yeah, yeah, you know, Elijah Muhammad. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and then super tapped in, man, with, uh, Derek Grace, uh, a thought leader, black brother, caught his, caught his message on Instagram, bought his post Trump pack, which is a, uh, man, it's just, it's, it's a pack of like, Basically, getting your shit together as a black man. Really? You know what I'm saying? Or as a person of color. What's the name of that? This one is uh, Gods Amongst Men. And within this, though, like, sort of the first thing that he pop off with is, like, um, um, unlearn and relearn the curriculum. Like, the parent to child, the self-sufficiency, uh, and the co-parenting. So, it's like, in here, he, he states, like, yo, as a parent... Like, the average parent don't even know if their child is having nightmares or not. Right. You know what I'm saying? The average parent don't know, you know, if their child, you know, actually woke up on the right side of the bed. Like, there's so much stuff that we really, like, do you really know your child? Not only that, if you have kids, multiple kids in the house, who's which child? Like, who's the the creative one? Mm -hmm. Who's the the get shit done one? Who's the lover one? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't expect everything out of your child. All of your kids Because right. they're not all the same Absolutely You know what I'm saying So everybody must be Held accountable For what their strengths are Man It's just lit bro Like wow. that I took, I took I've taken that formula And I've taken that Across the board Within life Like I got Like all of my homies Like we all are Dope We all You know Like super good friends But it's like I can't hold Mikos accountable For the shit that I would hold Craig accountable Right 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 I can't hold JJ accountable For the shit that I would hold Paco accountable You know Devin can't be You know Corey So it's like All these different things So it's like You just kinda gotta know Who your friends are Know who your people are Then shit You gotta know yourself Yo man This has been uh, Insightful conversation Anything else for Just the people That Um, that you wanna share Man, uh, let me. I got a question you, for you actually. before oh, yeah. before we before we wrap up. Yeah. What made you What made you want to do this? Like, what uh, was your motivation? To, like, I appreciate that. You know, getting Jada, like Jay, I need you to get this camera set up. <laughs> like, bring your mask. Yeah. But I got you. <laughs> you know, when we go get this done, like, what was your What was your thought process of doing this? First of all, shout out to Joe, my cameraman. He definitely has his mask on. He's been working. But, yeah, man. Uh, now I appreciate the question. You know, to be honest with you, I've always had a, a gift or a talent for connecting with people. And yep. I believe that God give you something, you got to use it. You know what I mean? You got to use it. And I was trying to figure out how do I share with people? How do I help people without talking myself all the time? So let me talk to influential people who have a story to share. So people like you, you know, people like, uh, shout out to Slim. He's going to be on the show. Slim Thug is going to be on the show later. People like Chris Senegal, my first five host, Dr. Shem. We just dropped that episode. Uh, these people have achieved and accomplished great things in their life. And people should know, yo, it's not as pretty as my Instagram account looks. <laughs> it's just not that pretty. And so this allows people to get into the, get insight into some of these influential people. And, you know, and they, hopefully they hear something that they can agree with, that they can connect with and say, you know what, let me keep going on my journey towards greatness. Even though it's not pretty today, it could be pretty tomorrow if I keep going at it. So 
I like it, man. Um, like I said, it's Tayman's checking in. I got another question. <laughs> hey, he took a he what hijacked does, the show, man. Yeah, man. I got now. Now I'm co-hosting. You know what I'm saying? This is what happened when I hijacked your I shit. I love it. I love uh, it. What does success for this look like to you in six months? In six months, you know, success. I, I'll be honest with you. Success for me in six months is gonna look just like it's gonna look when I drop this episode. Somebody gonna text me and say. Yo, that was a dope episode. Uh, I'm glad two black brothers were able to sit down and be vulnerable, right? That's success right there. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have goals, right? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I do have goals to grow it, uh, hopefully build out the platform, um, you know, get more eyes and more ears and more hearts. My advice, you got to be specific of what you want. Like, yo, I want this amount of viewers. I want to be on these platforms. I want to have these guests, like, like, we have to be so specific with what we want to where when it happened, it was like, this is the exact shit I wanted. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Because like, sure. if not, it's like, I think I'm there, but I don't know if I'm there. Yeah. We got to be so specific with our goals and with our dreams to where it's like we able to celebrate them when it happened. When it happened, we can recognize From black it. man to black man, I want you to be so specific with your goals to where when you hit them, text me, let's go celebrate over some Martell. I'm with Fabio, it, bro. You know, like, I'm with it. That's, what, uh, that's the type of communication that we just got to have. Um, and I, I do want to say this, bro. Like I said, I, my bad if I'm hijacking your nah, shit. No, bro. But listen, you've you, been here to converse. <laughs> you've been, uh, you've been you, bro. Like from day one since I met you, you've been thorough. You came through for me in the clutch for same. some the gig. Same, same. You know, um, and that's like when you hit me, I'm like, regardless of whatever, like, yo, I'm gonna do it for sure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. What I'm saying and like, I'm not, I'm not doing everything for everybody, but for, for like. You hit me for sure because you've done nothing but extended your hand. So I for sure extend my arm whenever you reach out. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, you know? I appreciate the same, bro. I can say the same about you. That's actually one of the things. Uh, I know we're supposed to end for a while now, but uh, I always think about how you've been able to amass the success yep. and also but uh, stay humble at the same time, which is mm-hmm. not easy to do. So yeah, I commend man. you and tip my hat off to you for that, man. I appreciate it, bro. Bro, Tay Mitch, I appreciate you again. My brother, much love, man. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode six. Yeah, this episode, Bronny, <laughs> Olympic <laughs> Bronny. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you, Miss, checking in, check it out. It's been love. You know what I'm saying? Peace. Thanks again for tuning in to the Transformation Chamber. To find out more about Tay Mitch, follow him at Tay Mitch underscore. Visit his website at TayMitch.co. To find out more about the Transformation Chamber, follow me at Joshua T. Dada or visit my website at JoshuaTDada.com. Until next time.